It is Monday, April 1st. No fooling. No fooling here. And I had to interrupt Bane stalking on openpowerlifting.org. I am. Because he's got a meet coming up to bring you the next episode of Two White Lights. Yeah. Live from the evil air. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. We do, man. We, I'm, I'm stoked by this episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, over the weekend, we had APF State Meets. Here in Illinois, yes. St. Charles, Illinois at Pheasant Run Resorts. Solid venue. I, I liked it. I did, too. I did like the venue for it. Again, if it's not going to be at a gym, you're going to have to have some issues. But good venue for a state meet probably would be good for a national meet as well. I think so. But we'll get into recapping the meets later. We'll get into Bain's training updates. He's got yeah. a competition coming up in, what is it, T-minus 11 days? 11 days. 11 days, less than two weeks out. We have a Larry Wheels did something. Oh, he did some shit. Misogynistic trash talkers. We shall. And technique tip of the week, kinda. More just a tip in general for yeah. everyone out there competing. Just a tip this week. Just a tip this week. But, over the weekend, APF State meet. Yep. It was a great meet for a wide variety of reasons. It was. But it was a special meet for Two White Lights because the daughter of Bane. Yep. Bane the second. Because that's your uh, oldest daughter. It is my oldest daughter. Apparently, she now had, carries my last name. Everybody refers to me as Robert, apparently. Yeah. Is what Matt Wallace was telling me. Yeah. And, yes, uh, my daughter competed for the first time in a full power meet uh, this weekend. Yeah, and, and one, it was great watching her compete. It was great watching just, just different people kind of coming into the sport as far as age-wise. Because at that yeah. meet, we saw a few teenage lifters. Yeah. And just... Almost, the, almost 10, probably. Yeah, I didn't, and like, the teen, like when I'm talking teenage, I'm not talking 18, 19, I'm talking like 15, 16 and yeah. below. Like, so it, it was, it was kind of a, it was different for me to see that. Sure. So like, I didn't know monoliths could go that low, I didn't know, <laughs> uh, I didn't, well I mean the problem with the kilo weights is getting off the floor and no, that kind of stuff on yeah, deadlifts and yeah. positioning and on bench press, but it, it's interesting to me for a wide variety of reasons. One, how does it feel just simply watching your daughter compete? And two, what were like the steps leading up to a, how old is she? 13? She's 13, yep. Th- 13 year old prepping for her very first powerlifting meet. Sure. Uh, and I will do my best to, to maintain my composure. Cause I, I'll be very honest. As a dad, what a cool experience, man. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be very real with everybody listening. Like to, to watch your child compete in a sport that you are so passionate about. Uh, and that, you know, I've given a decent amount to, you know, I put a lot of time into this and, uh, that Lily wanted to do this of her own volition. She has met and admired so many other female power lifters out there from the Crystal Tates and Bianca Hernandez of the world to, you know, Janelle to, uh, to Jennifer Gamel to all these other people. And obviously the, you know, the guys that she knows, Lily wanted to do this. And when we talked about it, there was an opportunity for her because, Worlds is, is stateside this year. There, there was a chance that she would be able to qualify for that. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, we talked with my wife. She was a little apprehensive and we said, you know, let's, let's just make a run. We'll, we'll, we'll do the state meet. We'll see how it goes and, and we'll go from there. And so that was kind of what was the decision making process. It was earlier this year. 
and running up to the meet, you know, we, we juggle a lot of things. We've got Lily's school schedule, you know, mm-hmm. she's 13, she's in middle school, and then we have her gymnastics schedule, she's a competitive gymnast, she's a, a defending state champion in that, and so so you have all these things that were going on, and so really what the training was like was we, we kept a very deliberate and dedicated split so she would have time to rest because uh, obviously at 13, there's other things going on as well. Yeah. And so I had to try to take all these things into account as best I could. Really, it was a lot of shooting in the dark, I'll be very honest, uh, where a lot of it was just trying to focus on technique, giving her a few tips to minimize potential for injury, and just let her enjoy herself. That was the biggest thing, is I wanted uh-huh. her to have fun and and enjoy the experience as best she could, similar to what I did at my first meet. And and I cannot say enough to uh, the team at 2XL, to everyone that was there, that you guys made my daughter's weekend. It was just, it was awesome. It was so cool to have her experience that. And, and again, as her dad, as her coach, as her, as her training partner, uh, just very difficult for me to describe and articulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it being almost like a surreal experience just seeing it. And even for me, it was kind of, surreal just seeing a young child compete <laughs> yeah. like it was just like crazy to see for me and just kind of figure out where their head's at and like where like at what point did they decide this is the sport they wanted to do and you articulated that for her but yeah. just so the, the several teenagers there i'm like yeah. wonder wonder what got them into the sport was it Again, a parent kind of sharing this hobby with them, then bringing around different powerlifters. Um, I think for female, you could kind of see why this is an attractive sport option because yeah. um, aside from us being bigoted misogynistic trash talkers on two-way lights and we have that reputation of we hating do. women, we, we still agree that women are kind of becoming the superstars of the sport. Mm-hmm. The some of the biggest news that we've seen recently in powerlifting has been a female doing something on the platform. Yep. Not doing some stupid shit in the gym, doing something on the platform and turning heads because of performance, not exactly just a personality. So I could see yep. why maybe you might see more younger female competitors get into it because this is kind of getting into a segue here, but like you watch uh, the WNBA, mm-hmm. you watch those kind of sports they don't get exactly the same recognition as males. No. They don't, and, like, at this sport, it's like they get equal to, not if not more, recognition than males. They, yeah, I mean, well, you saw it. I think Lily's dad, last deadlift, um, it, it didn't stop the meet by any stretch, but, I mean, there were a lot of people watching. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, there was a lot of attention on it. And yeah, and it was cool. It was. It was, it was cool to see. I, I, I said it's, it's tough to really describe it, but it's, it's exciting that she has all these different, I mean, and really amazing you know, women to look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially at that meet. Yeah, just at the meet. Because there was, yeah, there was a few women that I admired at that meet as well yeah. with Jennifer and um, Jennifer, Jess yeah. was yeah. there as well. As well, Jess, and then you know, you got all the girls from Surge. You've got, I mean, there's a ton of great, great people that, you know, Lily can look to. And so as a parent, you know, I obviously want my children to be in environments that's going to help them grow and help them succeed. And there are very few that I can see that teach as many life lessons as uh, as the platform and, and stuff you learn on the bar. Yeah, and it was cool seeing, because she had a little bit of an issue with her bench press. She did. And it was cool seeing, like, Barzine mm-hmm. and people from Monster Garage and just Matt Wallace and I yep. kind of, you know, it's like, hey, she was, she was the most it's like, okay, it's like, that. calm down. It's like, it's okay. It's like, it happens occasionally. It's like, your father misses benches all the time. 
Uh, it's like we all miss, it's like we all miss benches, like we all miss lifts, we all miss, and and Barzine kind of saying, don't want to go nine for nine in your first meet, gives you that false sense of hope, Yeah. and then we actually got into just a general discussion about going nine for nine, just in a small group, Yeah. just saying, like, it's not, people, but it's not that big a deal, yeah, people, it's not that big of a deal, but it's almost like a unicorn kind of thing at this point, because I thought at my first meet, Mm because I won nine to nine, humble brag, uh, that it's always going to happen. Like, yeah, I'm hitting my one R maxes, and then I think it was my third meet where I didn't go nine for nine, yeah. and I was still cool with it. Yeah, I was good. I was like, yeah, I miss, I went seven for nine, missed my lifts, but it, it happens. And when I see great competitors also fail, it's yeah. like, but for your, like, say if it was my first meet though, and I didn't go nine for nine, I probably would have been a little bit she was upset, discombobulated, <laughs> and and and. I was a 23-year-old male, yeah. not a 13-year-old female. Yeah. I've said it yesterday. Seventh graders are essentially mental patients. Yeah. Uh, they have the same. They have the same uh, psychological a lot makeup of a sociopath. There's, there's so, a lot going on there. Man. Yeah, and when you're 13 years old, the world is different. Yeah. The world is strange place. It is because you're figuring out your place in it. You're figuring out just a lot of things. Even for boys. Oh well. You yeah. just get angry for no reason. Because there's all that test flow. Yeah, it's like you're just playing video games and everything's just like, like all right, I just want to throw my controller through the screen right it's now. True. I don't it's know it's, what's the going game's on. Cheating. Yeah, the game is always cheating. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, but man, it was it was dope. It was it was just really really awesome to to see that. And then uh, I think you saw obviously after that final deadlift. I mean, I was I was excited. Yeah, it was. It was cool to see. Cool to see the crowd. Cool to see you get excited for it too. And, and I knew you would be. My mom's birthday too. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Mrs. Bain. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Carol. We share the same yes. mom's name. Yes. Shout out to mom's name, Carol, out there. Her name is Carol. <laughs> All right, so next step for Lily would be Nationals, correct? Correct. So we leave uh, actually a week from Wednesday, so nine days we leave. All right, awesome. Yeah. And now that brings me to the father of Bane. Yeah. Bane. Yeah. The second or third, I don't know how that works. Well, I'm a junior, so... Yeah, you're a junior, so I I don't know your... I knew your mother's name, not your father's name. But... How's training been like for you going into this meet? Where are you at in your training? What's going on for the, I mean, next week and a half? Yeah, so not a lot of training sessions left. Um, we'll get into all that, but I think that's actually a good interview topic with some other folks. Because We were talking about this yesterday. Only a few training sessions left. I, I'm working up to my opener. Actually, after we record, we're going to head over to Brickhouse and, and go train. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm working up to my opening squat. That's uh, really about it for the night. And then I woke up to probably my opening bench. I'll do a double of that tomorrow. And then I have one heavy bench session after that. I got a couple accessory sessions. Uh, one of which really is just me squatting like 50% of my max for 10 singles. Okay. That just keeps me firing, make sure I'm in okay. the make sure I'm getting the rebound. Kind of similar to me. I go 70% yeah. for like four. Yeah. Just, I do, I do again, just 10 singles. I do it at the Y. I walk it out. So I just feel very, very comfortable with everything mm-hmm. with foot placement and and then yeah, we uh, I'll do probably some some blood work is what I like to call it, but it's you know get a, a solid pump on Tuesday, and then Wednesday we leave. All right, nice. Yeah, and it's uh, but it's been feeling good. I mean, I, I hit a, a lifetime PR uh, a couple weeks ago or uh, ten days ago or so, and as far as squatting, and then you know I still feel very confident with my with my deadlift. I, I can see the seven and seven day on the horizon, and so I'm feeling very confident going in. All right, so. When I was coming in here, mm-hmm. and it's still on the screen, openpowerlifting.org, yep. how are you feeling with the competition coming up at APF Nationals? 
I'm excited about it. I, okay. I'm, I, again, I feel very confident going in. I'm excited to compete against some friends. I'm excited to meet new friends. I think the, the one cool thing that uh, I was noticing as I was going through the roster is probably more states represented in this roster okay. than I've ever competed against. And that, that's every Nationals I've done. It's my fourth Nationals for the AAPF. So I've been to Idaho Falls, Lombard, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and now to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I've never competed against more states. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking the Dakotas, Carolinas, Florida, Texas, uh, Georgia, Illinois, obviously, Michigan, Indiana. So very excited about that. That's going to be really cool. Um, I feel it's a better representation of a national meet, unlike some other ones that we've done where, like, there's two states that are represented. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much how it goes. I think the most amount of people is APF Lombard for a national meet I've ever competed at. Oh, yeah. And, 100%. yeah, I think Grand Rapids was a different... It, it was different for me because, I mean, not different for me, I guess. I was just surprised that it was such a small meet and that most people were from Michigan who I've competed with before yep. and Illinois. Yep. And even the Illinois lifters were kind of. A lot of them didn't want to come. Yeah, a lot of it was slim. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that that was only a three hour drive for yep. me at least. Uh, yeah. Grand Rapids, it was a pretty quick drive. It was tough. Not, not a terrible drive. Uh, and all you gotta do is find this like one night yeah. at a hotel because you really don't have to worry about jet lag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you, yeah, this is a general statement. I heard people. I heard a lot of people complain about like flying out within the United States to mm. compete, and I'm like, it's not that hard. Well, yep. how long is it, like is it the longest flight in the United States? I mean, New York to LA. Six. New York to LA is just under six hours. Yeah. So that's. And so it's it's a work day. Yeah. The only thing I would say is like if you're if you not, have to maybe cut weight. If you have, yeah, you're cutting weight is one thing, which whatever. Uh, we, this is not the. This is a weight. Cut. This is a weight cut free podcast. Yeah. Basically. Two white lights is anti weight cut. Yeah. We're the first anti weight cut pop podcast. We are. We are. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I think I'm fifteen pounds under. Right Until now, I so. get over. One eighty. Yeah. <laughs> which then I'll be pro weight yes. cut. So. I, I will not be. I, I have lived that life. I've done that, and I, I'm not doing that again. Okay. Um. But yeah, I, I would say the only thing because I, I remember going to my first nationals in Idaho Falls. We did the flight from. Uh, Chicago to Salt Lake, and then Salt Lake up to Idaho Falls. The flight to Idaho Falls was kind of rough because it was on a much smaller plane, very tiny seats, and just even that tiny amount of time, like we were probably an hour, um, I was to take up a little more space than most. Yeah. Very uncomfortable, and so just seeing like that, I just I felt super tight. But we also had a day plus to get ready. Yeah, if you have a day or 24 hours so at we least to kind of stretch out and walk around even, walking yeah. around is kind of the best form of yep. this and we, and we mobility did, for me we, sometimes is walking. We just walked around Idaho Falls. Fun little town, actually. I yeah. Actually yeah, Falls. you told me it was pretty pretty cool to go to. And Yeah, so we walked around and I still had a great meet. That was you know, one of my, to that to date, that was my best meet up until, you know, as, as I my career progressed. But uh, yeah, I, I can see where people would have issues with that. It'll be interesting, this meet, because even though, yeah, we do have a day plus, uh, almost two days, before we compete, Lily competes the day before I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a 15-hour drive ahead of us. Okay. So we head to Lepore. We pick oh, yeah, you us. are driving. Yeah, we're driving down. Okay. Because, um, I mean, the ticket's like $800 in the United Yeah, I don't doubt that. Nah, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. And not a single direct flight. I had to go through, through Jersey, and we all know how we feel about Jersey. Yeah. So, yeah, the armpit of America. Basically. That place can suck it. It can. Sorry to our Jersey listeners, but you live in a shit state. Yeah, we, we got stuck there one night, and it was pretty awful. I mean, just in general. We, I didn't have to get stuck there and know that Jersey sucks. Oh, yeah, but then it was added insult to injury because we got stuck there. Yeah. So. Yeah, Jersey, suck it. Yeah. That should be in our new segment. That will be. Why Jersey sucks this week. 
Because it's Jersey. Yeah, pretty much. I, Jersey. I don't think they ever make news unless it's for like pollution or antibodies. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, and that's all their sports team sucking. Yeah, and not having good. sports teams in the state because it sucks and yes. they have to move states. But I digress. <laughs> all right, so. We have APF Nationals coming up for you. Really excited for you to compete. Uh, excited to see our friends also compete. Yeah. We had Drew Carroll had to put in his qualifying total because yeah. he doesn't know the difference between one letter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, word of advice to anyone trying to qualify for Nationals, make sure you're signing up for the right federation. Yep. AAPF and APF are different. They have different national tournaments. They have you different can, national meets. A big thing, if you have an AAPF total... You can get into APF now. Yes. But if you sign up for APF, yes. meet, you cannot get into AAPF Nationals on AAPF total. Yeah, just sign up for AAPF. You're good on openpowerlifting.org. Yeah. I have never competed APF or WPC once yes, in my well, life. I am on the rankings of that. You are. Because they're like, well, it's the Drug Tested Federation, and he puts in a total there. Let's see how he does in APF. Yep. And it all works out it in all the works end. Out. Yeah. So, but APF state meets. Held in St. Charles, Illinois. Beautiful St. Charles, Illinois. Yes, gorgeous. And some good things that come out of that meet. Some, yeah, there was a lot of cool experiences out of there. There was some one. It's cool to go to meets now for me. You, are, you, are you enjoying it more? A little bit, a little bit, because I'm seeing more people. I know more people competing because yeah. those days that I went Saturday and Sunday, I knew someone Saturday or knew a few people Saturday competing, and I knew some people Sunday competing. Gotcha. So with that, I. Well, let's 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 bring up the first thing, which I think there was two main things that come out of that meet. One of them, Skylar Brandt, nineteen years old, stud. I talked to him the day before. Uh, he 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 bought up my Instagram page, I think, to break the ice a little bit, and he's like, he's like, oh, I've never met you. I'm Skylar, and uh, I, I didn't really recognize him, and I and I haven't really come across him before. Yeah. The reason being, he's a nineteen year old. Not too many 19-year-old powerlifters out there making waves. Not like he did. Yeah, not, yeah, it's like, so, especially for meets that I competed in. Yeah. We well, you see Skylar Brand, you guys could follow him, the Michigan Monster on Instagram. And he is one. Yes, he is a large human <laughs> being. Unit. I was looking, I'm like, okay, what, how, how old is he? Cause I knew he was young. I knew he was, you, I knew he was younger than me. Yeah. Just cause he has a little, kind of a baby face going. He does, but then as you get past it, like the, the cheekbones, like the one, he has a gigantic head. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a big he's a large <laughs> being. He really, really is. I honestly, when I saw him, I thought he was like early twenties, like probably okay. twenty four, twenty five at the okay. at oldest. I would put that still in the mid twenties. I'm old. Well, yeah, but it's still so, math still works what, what the I'm, same what way when you're what young. What I'm getting to, what I'm getting to is like absolutely oldest was twenty four, twenty five, but yeah. I assumed he was probably early twenties, like twenty one, twenty two. I heard he's nineteen. I'm like, that's wild. Yeah, and he took me through his openers. Yeah. Uh, that. Day on uh, Saturday, yeah, the day that I went, and I was like, "All right, this is gonna be fun watching yeah. that dude compete." Yeah. He, what was it, twenty two hundred uh, total? Going? Twenty twenty thirty three. Oh, I was even wrong on that. Twenty three, two thousand thirty three. I did check in the WPC. He's like the eleventh person ever to total over two thousand pounds. Jesus. Yeah. All yeah. Classes, everything. Like that puts him in some pretty unique company. Uh, Constantine. Puts him in company with him, Bill Lee. Uh, I mean, that's some that's some big, big names. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, that was uh, very impressive. 
Very, very impressive. Yeah, I was um, extremely surprised to see that. And it was cool to see. It was really cool to see yeah, him was... compete and put up massive numbers. It was great to see the Little Bridges training him for deadlift. Yes. This and before, and I'm like, all right, he's going to do well because me and Matt Wallace were talking. I believe the Little Bridges have to be probably the best people to consult on deadlift technique. Yeah. I've never seen technique that good on conventional deadlifts in my life. They're... It's perfect. It's a, it's a, a perfect. It's a perfect a technique. They're considered the strongest family in powerlifting. Yeah, how many families are there in powerlifting? They like the Kennedys. Kinda. Kennedys of powerlifting. Kinda, yeah. Okay. Fewer sex scandals, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, so that was a great thing to see. Nineteen year old, strongest. I put that puts him in the strongest team in the world as of right now. At least so, yeah. That's which is just incredible. So congratulations to Skyler, cool guy to talk to too. Very nice. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. So Skyler Brandt, excellent. Nineteen year old lifter, legendary day. He's actually going to be competing with you in South Carolina, so you get to see him twice. You sure about that? I think I saw it on his post. I have high doubts. Really? Yep. Why? Does he compete at APF? Really? Yep. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I thought he said I mean, 10 weeks out. Wait, is uh, APF Nationals coming up then? APF is, yeah. That's in Michigan. I could be in 10 days, man. Oh, okay. That's 10 weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was way <laughs> off on that. Fuck, I might edit this out with just how stupid I sounded. No, I want to keep that in there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let's, yeah, that's that's ridiculous on my part. Speaking of people who do stupid things, let's talk about how dumb I was the other day. What? When we tried to go do Instagram Live together. Oh, yeah. So, if it sounds like we're in the future now, we totally are. Yeah, we are. Because we promised that we're going to go Instagram Live, recapping the APF, AAPF state meets. Which we did. And we did. Um, and we still kind of did. But we went on Instagram Live. We kind of tried that split screen kind of thing. Never again. And there was a weird echo. And it sounded like shit. It did. And we don't like things that sound like shit on the show. And then especially with the way my voice typically catches in the mics, it was really bad. Yeah. It didn't sound great, and we both kind of came to a conclusion that we're going to cut this segment, and we wanted to go live because of what happened at the APF State Meet and the shitstorm that always seems to surround Tom Callis' squad. Yep. And if, like, if Instagram and all this stuff and social media didn't exist, I don't know if the backlash of all these Tom Callis squats would be as fierce. But it was, and I wanted to bring yeah. Instagram live because I have a lot of people who follow me and follow Bane who competed at the event, who yep. know Tom, who are really good friends with Tom, and they were there. They saw it. We also have people who completely disagree with the APF decisions on saying it was a three white light squat yep. and he got the all time world record squat at seven seventy one, raw classic at one eighty one. We had those people disagree too, so if we could bring them on, perhaps our debate, get some different insight, but we kind of fucked that up yep. with the echo. There were people who were commenting, uh Clint Beastwood, Brock A. Myers, they were there yep. and they saw that the squat was three white lights and I was also there. And you were there. I did see it. And you did see it, and you gave from your angle. Yes, yeah, so let me, let me preface that. And I wasn't there because my dumbass always. You were in the back. I, I, was, I wasn't in the back. I was you at home. Oh, you yeah. were <laughs> I was at home because I woke up at 9 o'clock, and I forget powerlifting meets start at 9. So I missed Tom Callis' squad. And, I saw Skylar Brandt's meet because that was a Sunday. Yeah. And, yeah, so... I missed Tom squat, and that's the only reason I really, really wanted to go Saturday. Yeah. There's a few other reasons, but that, that was, was a particular a, reason. That was, like, almost a main attraction when you get a world record squat coming mm-hmm. in. So I only saw Tom squat from the front on his Instagram. Yeah. And you saw it in person. 
Correct. From a different angle. Correct. Still front, but to Tom's left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so almost on the center aisle is where I was at. And from my angle, standing up, again, I want to just preface that because I know people are going to argue with me no matter what. My angle, I am giving him a white light on that side. Yeah, and from my angle on an Instagram video, which is not a great angle, that front one. No, it's not. Not a good one. I am probably going to give him a red light. Mainly due to just me being a sickler about depth. I do believe that people should sink their squats. Raw classic guys, it's hard. With raw with wraps, it's hard to sink your squat. So as long as you get close. Here's what I will say. I saw the backlash last year. That's how I got caught wind of Tom Callis' squat. And you and you were kind of in the same boat as a lot of those folks last mm-hmm. year. You did not agree with the, the white lights call. I didn't. I was actually kind of up in arms like, Jesus Christ, that's a white light squat? Yeah. Like, what's, well, like, I don't know. I, I it's like, I... Is, is Unracky the only red you get? Yeah, it's like, I, I thought it was close to parallel. I thought he was fighting for parallel. Not exactly below parallel at that meet last year, um, for APF. Mm-hmm. And... I was on the same boat for people disagreeing, but I wasn't on the same boat for people hating. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and a lot of folks have kind of crossed the line from disagreeing with the squad to just angry, mean stuff, it seems like. Yeah, you know, especially last year. Last yeah. year was yeah. uh, the, a lot of mean shit was being passed around from people to people. And again, it's trolls. It's trolls on the internet are mostly going to say these crazy outlandish things for a fucking squat. It's a squat. A it's squat. a it's and a it's a weightlifting video. At, at an amateur, I don't I don't care if you if you take stuff. None of us are getting paid. This is a hobby we all pay to do. And it's an amateur sporting event. Yeah. So the hate started last year, and I was I was just kind of like, all right, I think you should get red lights for that squat because you know that's the rules of powerlifting. Yeah. But at that time, even a year ago, I was fully ingratiated into the sport. Yeah. But I still was kind of ignorant to the sport, and are, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm still learning, learning as I okay, go. That's okay. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, for sure. And the, the reason why I say that is because recently, with my own depth struggles mm-hmm. with my squat, yep, I always thought I sunk my squat. Squat depth wasn't a problem until I started watching things and noticing. You know, and I brought it up on shows before, Correct. is my hips weren't sinking, but my knees were coming forward, so it looks like I'm getting a greater range of motion, and I probably am, but just not in the proper way. Correct. And that was what I saw when I, or that's what I saw with other squats. Like, I look like I'm getting much lower, but then I look at the hip, and it's like, okay, they're dropping the hip, and they're dropping the femur part, but their knees aren't traveling forward, so that's why they're getting calls, and it looks like I'm getting deeper. Right. So that's what I started realizing with Tom Squat. Sure. Tom Squat, he doesn't, I mean, I don't know, it, it'll be very difficult to lean forward and your knees travel forward because it's 700 pounds, almost 800 pounds on your back at 180 pounds. You go squish now. Yeah, he's, that, that'll be extremely dangerous that yep. happens. Yep. So now that I look at that and I, I pay more attention to his hip, he is getting close on each of his squats. Mm-hmm. Some could be high. But some could be just breaking parallel, and here's a here's a newsflash for everyone criticizing the squat. Because from Sunday till what is now Wednesday, and when this episode comes out, it's gonna be Friday. People have been talking shit about the squat for about a week now. Yep. And it's gonna it's, become it's old. Still hot. Yeah, and it's still gonna be it's gonna become old news eventually because last year the same thing happened. But we have people who have a you know 
1,400, 1,300 total at 181, talking mad shit about Tom Callis. Who, by uh, the way, were then in the same room as him the next day and wouldn't say anything to his face. No, always, they wouldn't. Always enjoyed it. No, that. they wouldn't. Or, and then if he was in, if they were in the same conversation as him, they still wouldn't say anything nope. to his face. Nope. But, uh, I digress. Heard about that. that was yeah, if we had, yeah, so we've, <laughs> but we've had, uh, but we've had, you know, 1,300 pound totals talking shit about Tom. Yep. But we also had some really good power lifters kind of share their two cents and I say, know. eh, that squat is high. And we had Tom Callis cut a promo on Garrett Fear. Garrett yeah. Fear cutting a promo on Tom Callis. I wanted Mean Gene Okerlund there interviewing both of them. You know I want. It was like it was it was like Brett Dam at Hart and Sean Sean Michaels kind of going back and forth. It would have been great to see. In my opinion, powerlifting needs more of that. We do put him yeah. in the cage, have an event, have an like, event, have Wilkes win. Who cares? Do you, do you know the, the last rivalry of powerlifting people kind of talked about? Yeah. Do you, do you know? Was it, uh, was, I think uh, Matt bought it up, right? It's a, it was a here, it's here in Lillibridge, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's, what, four or five years ago plus? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love everybody being friends. I love that you and I can be friends even though yeah. we're competitors and all that kind of stuff. Rivalries can be friends, too. Yeah. But, I, like, I want to see that where you're getting some of those promos cut. Like, I, I would like to think that two of them were in the in, in the room right now here in the Evil Lair. They'd share it. Oh, yeah. I, I want to believe that. They're, they're adults. They, you know, they got bigger things to do than just argue about powerlifting. But they can also have a difference of opinion and respect each other. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's like it's something that we have to cover because it's just kind of causing friction between a lot of people. And I, I guess I, where I'm starting to take offense to this is I, I gave Tom a white light. I mean, a red light. You gave yeah. him a white light, and all yeah. you need is two of them. All you yeah. need is two white lights, no pun intended. And, that's what he, and he got three white lights, and... Here's here's what people need to understand. He is getting low enough to where the judges are going to give him a white light. Now, if you want to go on different federation rules, different uh, regulations between federations, you can do that all day. But he is getting low enough where he's getting a white light. Yep. If that's the case, there's no reason to get lower. People must understand that. And the issue and the offense that I'm kind of taking is this, is people are questioning his integrity. Like, you're going to question someone's integrity? Hey, why don't you high bar squat? Yep. That's harder, right? That's a real squat. You're lessening your range of motion. Why don't, why don't you... Why do you wear wraps? How, why, do you, why don't you walk out? Why do you even wear a belt? Yeah. Why, why do you do that? Where's the integrity in that? Where's, why don't you sink it all the way to the floor? Why don't you lift like Olympic lifter? Why don't you do Olympic lifting? Questioning the integrity of things is like arguing in circles, and it just drives me insane where you're questioning his integrity. It's like, last time I checked, Tom Callis isn't the most rambunctious powerlifter in the world who shows up to every event with a world record thing, or like a heavyweight championship belt that says world record around it, and cutting promos on random ass people. He's a pretty humble dude. Yeah. He works his labor job. He does. And he has, you know, an Instagram account, which we all do, on our powerlifting. Yeah. That's all that happens. Integrity? I don't know about that. He doesn't hold it over anyone's head. I think a lot of it could just be jealousy, which it's a weird thing to be jealous over. But that's that. questioning someone's integrity for it is odd. Now, there's reasons why people don't compete in certain federations. Sure. I mean, I bet you if certain federations had a monolift, you'd see more uh, competitors I go at these would. higher standard judges' meets. I think you would. Because mm-hmm. there is a safety aspect with the mono. Uh, and, and I understand that there, there's a lot of reasons why monos may or may not be lifted or used uh, for lifters. So I get that. Um, but, but, yeah, to, to start to question someone's integrity simply because of 
it was a local meet. That, like, their personal integrity. Mm-hmm. That I, I take uh, exception to. I will say, and, and, I, and I've mentioned this a couple times before, you know, my, my only, like, question about it is, you know, if it, if this goes into Michael Sung's all-time record book, right? Mm-hmm. And, and somehow that counts as the all-time world record at 181. That's awesome. That's amazing. And I congratulate Tom. It's not a knock on him. I just don't understand how the APF and WPC specifically state you cannot set world records at the local meets because you do not have world-level judges mm-hmm. in those meets. And very similar to USAPL and IPF's things. Yeah. And even with and national and records. Correct. So you have to compete at a national or international-level meet in in basically the two biggest federations out there, the WPC slash AWPC and the USAPL, to set national and world records. Mm-hmm. However, what we're saying here is you can come to a, the state meet, and and I'm not saying these are bad people. They're just not necessarily on the same level as a national, international level judge if they're only a state level judge. And they're the ones who are going to say, yes, that is the all-time world record when anyone squat white light. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I don't get that, and that I question. That I question the validity of, of the yeah. record. Only because, again, if you can't set the federation record, and I don't care what you say about the federations or anything like that, you should be able to set the all-time world record. Yeah. You at least got to meet the, the minimum standards of that federation to set their own world records. Yeah, I agree. And I, I guess this is where the reason I could see people being outraged for this mm-hmm. is because it does fall under this world record. Now, to an experienced powerlifter, and I'm like semi-experienced, I would give myself a veteran at this point, not like seasoned vet or full, anything full higher than that. What's that? Full semi? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, but uh, we, I had this conversation at the meet itself. Mm-hmm. The reason why people get upset, which is which is fine. This uh, is a good a, reason to get upset. This is brilliant. Is because beginners or noobs at a sport or people just watching will go to openpowerlifting.org, yep. and they will put book highest raw with rap squat, and you'll see Tom Callis' name yep. at the top. And they're like, okay, boom, world record squat, everything below that is not as good. Now, to us, where we know, like, okay, different federations have different rules. It could get contentious between different federations with squat depth and especially squat depth. That was a, yeah. That, squat that depth is, may, yeah, maybe pause on bench, maybe. Because those USAPL calls were pretty quick for a person who knows how to hold their squat. Bench, exactly. but uh, exactly. it's it's people who don't know how to bench or who don't know their own technique. Yep. But I digress again. Mm-hmm. We have different definitions on where the top of the hip is and where the top of the knee is. Sure. If you guys go through my phone when I was going super super obsessive with my squat depth, which I love doing. Which I mean, yeah, I mean it's it looks like a work of a, like a person with OCD on my phone. Just my, a picture of my squat and different lines going through it. That's just talking to you like, yeah. at a meet. Like, uh, oh, God. Yeah. I, I do want to be mic'd up one time when I'm working with you at a meet just so people can hear the conversations between us. Yeah. For, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and everyone says, like, it's like, oh, man, you're so calm and controlled. It's like you don't know the... He's freaking the yeah, fuck out. Freaking out over my squat depth and, and well, whatever. Yeah. So there's that, <laughs> but then I see people who, it's like, this is perfect squat depth. I'm like, why isn't that line on the top of his kneecap? Mm-hmm. Why is it the top of his quad? That's a different definition of top of the knee. Where is the top of the knee? And then where is the top of the hip? Yep. Is it where your joint connects, where you see that crease? Or is it a little bit below that? APF is a little bit below that. They've been, it, it's been pretty clear. And 
Here's a newsflash for USPA lifters, because it seems like USPA lifters are the most upset, in my opinion, becoming the IPF elitists that they all hate. They're getting a little... They're getting a little annoying. (laughs) They're getting a little annoying. I'm like, uh, last clusterfucks I've seen at meets have been all USPA things, especially with inconsistent judging. APF... Look at you, left judge. APF is fairly consistent with their judging. Yeah. That top of the... the that, that part of the hip where they think you need to break parallel has been consistent for all lifters. Now, does that mean that a lot of lifters are going to get calls? For sure. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's uh, that's what's going to happen, but if you know, know that, if you know that federation, you're, and you're going to get those calls. Matt Wallace said the only time he's got red-lighted was at a USAPL meet. I mean, uh, at an APF meet, not a USAPL meet. So that's a little bit different, but, I mean, I'd rather have that than USPA giving high squats white lights, below parallel squats red lights, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's inconsistent. I'd rather have some white lights go up than all that, but... And I guess you could take offense... I'm taking offense to this when people are constantly bashing the APF judges. I'm like... Hey, we get that you're in USA, USPA, and you guys love your federation, and yeah, you guys yeah. have to br- break every conversation why it's a premier federation. All the other federations are, are they, elitist. Are they, are they by elitist? by its very nature, you saying other federations are elitist and we're not. It's like, all right, that's a bit. Are they becoming the vegans of of power. It used to be IPF. It used to be USAPL. Now I think USPA are lifters they, are taking it, and it, it happens mm-hmm. to everyone. It's like. Um, it's like sports teams. Yeah. It's like everyone loved the Cubs uh, four years ago. Yep. The lovable losers who are making the the run for the World Series. Yep. They win a World Series. Now their fans are contentious. They're annoying. They're yep. bandwagoners. It happens. USPA was the hot kid on the street. They were, And man. then the hot kid on the street got really fucking annoying and pompous, and now people are starting to hate it again. <laughs> so and I think that's like, where I'm taking a lot of offense at because I've competed at APF meets. Yep. I love the people at APF. I yeah. think they run a pretty good meet. I think I think the judges over there are consistent, fair and consistent. Mm-hmm. But I'm also on that kind of fence where I said before, my master plan, got to check out the ref- – we got to rephrase that we just do, a little bit. Got to yeah. put master plan in – in air quotes, and we're working on a title. It's yep. a working title, Master Plan. Yep. Is a lot of world record squats seem to get white lights just because they're world record squats. And, and I get that because, you know, hey, it, it's cool to say, like, okay, U.S. Open's coming up in, in a few weeks, right? Weekend mm-hmm. after Easter. And they want to be able to say, we had the strongest people here. We literally had, I mean, people think back to the, the original record breakers meet. Um, I want to say that was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you did. So many, like, the biggest, the, the, that was basically big dogs back then. Everybody yeah. that was anybody in powerlifting was there. Ed Cohen was, I believe Ed Cohen won that meet. Uh, I mean, 1,000-pound squatters, 900-pound squatters, you know, eight, 900-pound deadlifters. Like, that was what everyone kind of aspires to when it comes to a meet because that was, like, the championship. That was mm-hmm. the meet to win. Um, so I, I think that people always kind of aspire to that. And so it's like, hey, well, if we if we get the white lights – and people are setting records, uh, that'd be, it's good for our federation. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, so I see where their, their, the thought process is, but it, it is frustrating that to your point, because it's a world record or because it's an all time world record or because it's some, you know, whatever, we have to white light it. Yeah. And, and I feel that there, you know, there are some judges that are going to say, I, I want you to earn your white lights. Um, I, I want to say, and I think I mentioned this, I mentioned this a couple times before on the show, 
you know, the judging when we were over in England was as consistent as I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Emma talked to us about was you are going to earn every white light that you get. Yeah. And I think everybody did. Yeah. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and I want, I want to believe that every other judge that, that sits on a platform is thinking that same thing. Yeah. Is I want you to earn this white light. I'm willing to give it to you, but I want you to earn it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like that for most federations and even the USAPL meet that I did, we saw, we saw a consistent amount of red lights for certain lifts too. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, not everything was getting white lighted and not every, it was pretty consistent. Yep. Things were getting red lighted that were borderline and things were getting white lighted that were borderline. So if it was borderline that day, it's like an umpire calling strikes. If it was borderline that day, it looks like you weren't getting the call. Yep. If it was not borderline, you were either definitely getting the call or you're just way high. Yeah, and I think it's very telling when you you see a especially on a red light, you see that and you you hear very minimal from the crowd mm-hmm. that they are surprised or not like that's when you know that the judging is consistent and yeah. it's it's you're adhering to the rules and what everybody's been talking about. When you when you start getting that what or the like if you remember the US Open last year, yeah. I don't know if you listen to the crowd at all, but there's so many squats were like, What? Mm-hmm. Like people were so confused because that left judge kept redlining everybody. Yeah. And, and I know it was kind of a running joke, but it's true. Like if you can't and, and this is one of the things that's gonna hurt our sport until it gets fixed, is that inconsistency drives people away. Mm-hmm. That's why gymnastics people care about it four year every four years. Yeah. It's the only time people care about it. Yep. And I mean my my daughter's been doing it now for five years. I still don't understand the scoring, other than I know what it means, like what her start value is. I have no idea how they deduct her. Okay. And it, and it really comes down to did you point your point your toes enough on certain mm-hmm. things? Like, well, what is enough? Yeah, the judging it, it can get just so super. Insane. Yeah, it can get super contentious. I could imagine more so for gymnastics. And it, which was it was funny because we actually were talking about that behind you know in the warm up room. And so this is so much easier. I don't have to please three people, and I know exactly what I have to do. This ain't shit. Yeah, my thirteen year old said that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, I guess with every Tom Cal squat, you get a shit storm that has us talking about it. Yep. There's things that upset me. There's things that I see valid arguments being raised when people are upset about the uh, legitimacy of our sport, the mm-hmm. records, and they think like that should mean something, of course. Fine. But if you're just looking for validation from others and trashing someone else's squat so you can get people in your DMs, you can get people commenting on your shit. Yes. Uh, I think, what was the thing I was following? Uh, strength News or something? Yeah, yeah Strength underscore News, Big Lifts. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole page exists just for people to talk shit on different people's lifts, particularly the most recent ones. Uh, not a big page. That the last video they posted got one like. That's whopping. Awesome. But I, I want to get on there. Yeah, uh, I mean, all you gotta do is search it. But or no, you gotta I, have no, a I high mean, squat that gets a oh yeah gets well, gets a white light. I guess I won't have that problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, so uh, I guess that was upsetting me of it, and I, I would have to see. Again, Tom's squat in person because you can still get depth even though he doesn't look like you sink it. And I think I commented that before on yeah, um, yep. Callis's uh, posts because yep. I'm like, I get bigger hamstrings and quads. And I think people took offense to that one too because I see people posting like, I can get depth with having big hams and big hammies and big quads. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm like, I wasn't, I was just kind of joking. Yeah, and I was kind of joking to kind of bring it down a little bit, but then someone commented, is like, then how does Ray Williams get deep? I'm like, 
What, what, define deep for me, sir. Yeah, because here's the thing. He, the optical illusion, right? We, we talked about yeah. this when, when you were having your, your, your depth issues or concerns, I should say, they weren't real issues because you went not, you know, nine for nine. Eight um, for nine. Hmm. Eight for nine. That's right. Yeah, I can't get it. Didn't listen to the defense techniques for the week. And guess uh, not. Or I just wasn't strong enough. <laughs> I actually, so, so quick segue. I actually had two people DM me about the bench tip of the week, uh-huh. saying how that's helped them get PRs. Nice. I was very excited about that. And that's what the technique tip of the week is it's for. Wonderful. Uh, so, so back to Ray Williams. You know, he's a massive man. Yeah. He truly, truly, is. almost astronomically impossible for him to get the IPF definition of depth. Right. And people think he. He, he, you know, hits depth or, or sinks it every now or at, for every single lift, only because the man is so large. Like when he drops down, like his ass is just big, mm-hmm. and it's getting close to the ground because it's just big. Yep. And so it may or may not be truly at IP. He does get red lights. Mm-hmm. So it's again, you have to look at it's the optical illusion. Just because the dude is big, and so when he comes down, yes, when he is at parallel, like regular parallel. His ass is way closer to the ground than a lot mm-hmm. of people's because it's just simply larger. Yep. And so it's that optical illusion that you know we we alluded to with with uh, with your squats. So it, it really, if people are really going to be sticklers on uh, on depth, I, I really think one you, you can't say anything other than if you're looking at a squat from the front, it doesn't look like it from here. Yeah. And that's it. Because again, you you have to be able to see where that hip crease is, where that top of the knee is, and how those two play out. And if you can't draw that line, and you simply cannot do that on a front squat, uh, mm-hmm. on the front squat. Yeah, I agree. And I saw also people commented on that post and like kind of in the, within the same argument that mm-hmm. I made. And again, it was a joke that I put on there. Yeah. I wasn't really trying I to. I think people realize when you joke a lot. Well, it's hard. Yeah, I, I have. I've, I've been told that a lot. Like you I, in I, person, not just so. Yeah, no, I know in person especially because I'm like I'm trying to be funny, and everyone's like, whoa. Like, no, 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 don't take offense to it, I'm just yeah. fucking around. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to happen. It probably leads all your anxiety, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't, yeah, I, I, I mean it as a joke, but on the thing, I was, I, I put LOL after it just as a joke. Lols. Yeah, so usually that's the indicator that I'm joking. Yes. But I put that on there, and then there was a debate kind of going on back and forth with certain people, and yeah. then I think someone commented, isn't it convenient that he never posts from the side? Like, that's the most inconvenient thing yeah, for Tom. Especially... Or that, Ray Williams, for that matter, because... Or anybody who in a max level squat. Yeah, because if we really actually... Because the front camera angle does nobody any favors in this sport. No, no. It, it, it's seriously, all. and especially not Tom. Because from that front, it's because... Uh, yeah, I had Drew... Drew uh, nine, take a video of me at, nine yeah, nine feet tall, and I'm like, I can't see if I'm getting depth from that angle. Yeah. And you have another person taking that, and the reason why it's from that front angle is because it's for Instagram. You want to see the weights. Yep. You want to, you want to have it be aesthetically pleasing for people. Yep. And you just, you just want to see all the, like, the, the great things about a squat, you really. You want to see all the things. And you want to see all the things. Raw, classic squats aren't going to be the most eye-pleasing in general. But if you go with the side one, you have three or four big-ass spotters, maybe even six, because it's an 800-pound squat, so you probably need two side spots. Yeah, two, two guys two, on two it. Two side spotters, you got a rear spotter, you got a judge. Yeah. You've got a, a uh, weight rack in your way. Uh-huh. You have all this... Stuff. It looks horrible. You legitimately have like a six-inch window Yeah, to see, did he get it? Yeah. The people in person can see that. People on Instagram aren't going to see that because that camera angle is not going to really exist because it's a shitty camera angle to have. 
Yeah. It's just, I wouldn't, if I'm squatting, I want to be from the front. I want to be from the front, possibly where the judges are, or even further in that, so you could see the squat. You know? You could see the board. You could see the white lights. That's why people have it there. Same thing with Ray Williams. Like, you never see a squat from Ray Williams' side. It's like, it's very difficult to do that. Yeah, what are you going to do when you got, in that case, you know, three teenagers that are yeah. squatting each side? It's difficult. I guess people there could see, but from the front, looks like he's getting low enough. People say, and even people say he's high. Yeah. People say, and I think uh, Jay Semi, uh, 181, yeah. one of uh, our good friends, commented on this as well, is like, do you guys think that every squat is ass to grass for these world record things? It's not. No, people are trying to get low enough where they're going to get a white light. Yep. The, is their yeah. integrity being questioned? Is all of our integrity being uh, questioned? Oh, I, uh, Yang Su Ren pulled the drug-tested all-time uh, deadlift yep. with a stiff bar. If I do with a deadlift bar? Is it no longer a record? Yeah, is it is my integrity to be in question? If you get, if you deadlift with a deadlift bar in general, yeah. should your deadlift be in question? Should your oh, integrity yeah. be in question? Yours should be because your, your shin's bleak. Like, yeah. Whole different story. Yeah, right? for sure. And it's, it's, you could get into a lot of sub-debates with integrity. And I'm going to put that in air, air quotes because, yeah. like, why aren't you guys doing with a stiff bar? If you're, think, if you're hot shit, you're so cool... Do with a stiff bar. USP, USPA guys, I'm sorry. With the elite, the, the highest federation in the world <laughs> can't use a stiff bar on things. Highest mean they squat the highest? Ooh. They could. Ooh. Oh no, but they, like they find that they, they have a weird thing where it's like, we squat higher, but don't, but we get the calls, so that means we're better than the IPF and USAPL. I'm like, what the hell? What? What kind of arguments are you guys yeah, making? Makes no sense. But, but then again, you get all these different debates like, oh well, you know, APF, APF, you guys use that 65 pound bulldog bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's, it's different than, you know, the whippy 45 pound bar when you're squatting, so, not a record. Yeah. Not uh, a record. And, and I could make a good argument that that's harder. That's the, uh, at least for the small guys. Yes, yeah, it's harder. The 65 pound bar sucks. For us fatties, it's good. Yeah. The 65 pound bull bar, uh, bulldog bar kind of sucks. Yeah. That's why, like, USPA and USAPL has those attractive options. Like, at least I got to use a, 45 to 55 pounds squat bar. Yeah. That's a little bit more manageable and possibly a deadlift bar. Yeah. Like that's going to help my numbers immensely. But here, here's, I'm, I'm going to close them. We're going to transition to the rest of the meet. Yep. Because we talk about making a big deal of things. We spent 30 minutes talking about just one squat. Yep. Uh, is this, I don't mind debates being bought up for this. I think it's actually good for the sport. It's huge. When you talk, you when you're trying to hold lifters accountable for things, when you have actually publicity yeah. and something talking, I mean, it's like the most childish thing in the world about men arguing about lifting weights. It's like it's the most douchey thing. I kind of like it. I kind of want to be it's the. Like a, like I kind of want to be the Eric Bischoff here and like <laughs> like commission a meet where we have just two people out deadlifting each other, out squatting each other, and just do that. Just be like the Don. Do I have to be Don fucking King and have this happen? Just promote the shit out of it. Get it on yeah, a venue. A reference. Yeah. Well. And get to get a venue going. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to have two guys. We're going to sell flyers. We're going post, to post it on pull, pull social you, media. Because I like these things. I, yeah, I like these things. But what I don't like is people arguing and not knowing anything about the sport and kind of getting hateful. Yeah. Getting hateful. Questioning a man's integrity. Questioning a man's, like... I, I believe one time in the state that they were uh, talking about his kids at a point. Yep. That was that's fucked up. It's a, it's weightlifting. Chill. Yeah. Find a good balance there. 
find a good balance between, hey, maybe you squat high, you want to do this federation, and between the, that, like, visceral hate. Yeah. You know, find a balance between the two, because I do like when hit lifters are held accountable, and I do like kind of rivalries between two guys. I think because that's what's going to make the sport great. And especially in individual sport, you know, you, you put in you know, the UFC, yeah. some of the best fights are going to be those rivalries, boxing especially. Yeah. Uh, wrestling, they kind of create those rivalries. Some happen organically, some they just need to create. Yeah. That's where I think powerlifting is within the same realm, is those individual sports that you can create individual rivalries with one another. You bet. So... I like it, but uh, I've got to see Tom Squad in person. I want to see it, especially because he's my weights moving we should just, well over 700 pounds. We should pounds. just him, Matt. We should just go train with him. Yeah, all i got to do is bring a pack of Budweiser, 24-pack. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we could probably go in his garage, yeah. hang out, drink some beers. and. Let's we'll go out to uh, Tom Finn's garage, too. Oh, really? Yeah, as uh, one of the guys at the Monster Garage. His dad, I guess, knows him. Yeah. Oh, and, and on top of that... Uh, it's like you could take this one way or the other, but people with great squats, people with great lifts, people who've been around the sport for a very long time were at the APF state meet, mm-hmm. and they said he got low enough. They validated it. And I, I get that's that's a logical fallacy in of itself. It's one of those, uh, I, I think this one's guilty by association. Yeah. Or it doesn't really, because some guy said it was low, doesn't mean Therefore that. It was low. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's actually low, but they know more than me, I guess. They were actually there, though. They were there, and it's a better argument than I have. Yeah. It's better than arguments that fucking Instagram pages have or people on the internet have. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I he I could here's I guess my take on it. There's probably occasions where he squats high, and there's occasions where he squats low. I would agree. I, I'm going to piggyback off what you said earlier. We're adults. Mm-hmm. We're adults who lift weights, and we pay to do it. Mm-hmm. Take that into account when you're making your argument and going zero to a hundred and trying to make this big case out of somebody's lift. At the end of the day, again, this is a hobby. All of us are going to be here for a very short time in this sport. No, hate to break it to everybody, none of us are going to last a long time in this thing. No, this thing is going to be around a lot longer than fourteen zero power, Bane three sixteen, Tom Callis. Let's hope so. It, it will be. Yeah, and and so you know what? Come in, enjoy it. As our good friend Barzine would say, run what you brung and have fun. For sure. Yep. All right, so we're going to have a weird transition. We're yeah. going to go actually into the past. So back, this, this, back to the this, future kind of stuff. Yeah, this episode's kind of a time machine. So we're going to go back to the past and talk about Sunday. Again, we apologize for getting this episode out late. Yep. And we're apologizing midway through the show. I'll probably make an Instagram post. A lot of inception going on right now. Yeah, this is uh, talking uh, into the future, into the past. It's like the most Canadian post ever. It's just yeah. holidays. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's your Canadian impersonation. <laughs> I do. I do a good Eastern European. I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we got to work on your other ones. Though. Yeah, but I do a good Eastern European, so I got that one down. All right, now here are sun. Our recap of Sundays: the females, teenagers, everybody else, everybody else. Now, how about the rest of the meet? Because that was Saturday. We kind of touched on Sunday with Skyler. Um, I yep. had a few friends compete from Brickhouse. Yeah. Andrew, Polish last name. I can never pronounce it. Sorry, bud. Polska. He did a, he did a great job. Went nine for nine. Nice. Uh, yeah. you wanted to add something with the females, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, just one, the, the girls were showing out, man. Like there were some great women lifting. And, and the thing that I love about watching women lift, and part of this too was, yes, my daughter was competing. And so, 
she was part of this group is just watching the, the support that they give one another. And, and this is from, from top down, like all the women that I saw competing were cheering each other on. They were excited when women were, you know, hitting, getting those third attempts and they were, you know, really hitting a hundred percent, uh, you know, their, their max capacity and this, the cheering, the screen and just how they support it. Like, I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. And some of the numbers that were, I saw, saw a woman pulled, uh, almost 500 pounds. It was 489. Uh, I think she ended up winning best lifter in the, uh, the classic raw for women. Um, again, just, it was really, really great just to watch how, how the women did so well. And then, again, seeing the young women, you know, there was Lily 13, there was a 16 year old girl mm-hmm. competing. So, uh, the future of powerlifting is, it's female and it's very bright, man. Yeah, possibly. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I always seem to, uh, watch female, um, events and they're always pretty great to watch. They're always really good to watch. I've, I've made, I've become a fan of a few female powerlifters just because I went to a yeah. APF meet, a local meet, and watched them compete. Yeah. So, again, that was great to see. Overall, a new venue for APF. Mm-hmm. It was well ran. Well run. Always. How do you pronounce that? How do you do always that kind well of thing? run. I mean, uh, 2XL, Team Stone, uh, our partner, Howard Penrose, uh, you know, and, and Iron Authority. I mean, they just did a great job running the meet. And organized. I mean, uh, it was kind of crazy that Sunday we were done and out of there before five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike some other meets locally, yeah. The past two weeks. I mean, granted, two two platforms going, three flights each. Really, just a very well put together meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, yeah, they did a great, great, great job. I think everybody walked out of there with a uh, an incredibly positive powerlifting experience. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet venue. Would I? So if I was a meet director, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best places to have it as a, a resort, somewhere where people could stay. Yep. Where there's different things to walk around to. Where you could hold, the, yeah, a big ballroom where you yeah. could hold it, separate the areas yep. from. You could have a good like platform going yep. where you get to see everything. So they had that and more. They had a good warm up area. Power, oh, if you're awesome if you're gonna have the, if you're gonna have powerlifters complain about one thing, it's gonna be a warm up area. Yep. I if I'm a meat director though I'm using that and also if there's surrounding supermarkets and restaurants yeah that is how I'm going to plan a meat and they have you got to have food and you got to have a supermarket by where your handler can go get you food mm-hmm. after the meat you can go get food you want a coffee you can go grab it uh, I actually liked that BMW gym where I could walk to Starbucks even though I didn't yeah uh, for obvious reasons. But, or not obvious reasons, depending yeah. on who you're talking to. Yeah. But, I do like that. So, I would have done that meet if USAPL Nationals wasn't going to be in Illinois. Yeah. If it wasn't so close. Yeah. Because it was that one was week, very, it was one week separated from each yeah. other. I've never done the same meet because it's usually four weeks, five, six weeks out from Nationals. Same. And I need at least 12 weeks to prep for a yeah. uh, competition. Just based on how my normal meet prep is. Uh, so hopefully one day I'll be able to compete at APF state meet because that was the, that's like the only state meet in Illinois I've never done. Yeah. And yeah, trying to think of some, yeah, pr- probably the only one I haven't yet, uh, completed. So it would have been nice to compete at that one, but there's always next year. There's always sure. a year after that too. For sure. All right. So that is our recap of the APF state meet. Now off to our segments. Yes. Bane, hit us with it. Larry Wheels did something. Larry Wheels did something. What did he do? Is he in Dubai still? I think he is because I've seen pictures That's of That's a long time to be in Dubai. Yeah, well, I think. I think. Right? I, I'm, I'm Dubai's awesome. It is awesome. 
And, and while we're while we're confirming that, I'm actually going to pull it up on Instagram here. Yeah, don't you need like to have a annual base salary of like seven hundred thousand dollars to vacation there? Uh, I don't think they have that, but uh, Dubai is like one of the most wealthy areas in the world, correct? It's it's up there. Uh, we might do a little stat to check on that one, but I, I believe yeah, yeah <laughs> I we'll, believe Dubai is already we'll expensive. Check to on that, but... that in Kuwait area. Yeah, so so it looks like they're in Iceland where this happened. Okay, so awesome, another awesome place. Yeah, I, I want to go there. I really, really want to go to Iceland. That's like the new hot vacation spot. Yeah, seems seems to be. I've mean, seen a lot of my friends have gone there. The young people. Mm-hmm. So Larry Wheels, if you are not aware, does uh, occasionally train with Hathor Bjornsson. Uh, again, for those uninitiated, he is the mountain from Game of Thrones, the yep. coast from Enzo's favorite show. Yeah, uh, season eight, final season, starting when April fourteenth, I believe. Okay. Very very exciting. Um, I've actually never seen an episode. Yeah, man, you're gonna be too late. So yeah, okay. you're you're late to the party. No, I'm actually gonna wait till it's over and then just gonna watch just been watch the whole thing. All right, well, hopefully you don't get any spoilers. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. It's spoilers galore that show. Yeah, wonderful. So they trained together, and uh, apparently recently Larry was training with the mountain, and they were doing log press. Larry drops the log press, and it breaks off the weights on the right side. Mm. So he smashed Thor's uh, log press. Thor was not amused. There, the picture that I saw, uh, it's like Jim Lift for life was the, uh, Jim underscore Lift. Thor is not happy in this picture at all. Is that his normal face? I, I think so, but he tends to try to show emotion because remember he had the, the facial stroke. Yeah. So he tries to work very hard at just showing how he's feeling. Okay. At least that's what I've seen in his public appearances. Yeah, he just was not, did not look happy. Right. And he kind of, gra- when Larry does it, he watches the video, he kind of grabs his head and looks pretty upset. So, could also be just laughing because, you know, it's a piece of equipment that, you know, is broken, but he's, uh, yeah, he's, he doesn't look up, doesn't look happy at all. So you're but saying Larry Wheels is so strong that he broke. He dropped it. He dropped it? You're not supposed to do that? Apparently not. Oh. Yeah. It's like he's dropping the deadlift. Don't do it. Oh, okay. So Larry Wheels did something. All right. Larry Wheels did something. Yep. Misogynistic Crash Shockers, our favorite segment. Our favorite segment. What do you got? And I'm letting Bane tape all these because I want him to have the more label as a bigot and misogynist. Yeah, so makes sense. Have at it. Makes sense. Uh, I just are... do that with my natural personality. That's... People just assume that I'm a misogynist. It's very, very chauvinist based on how I look and talk. There are more male competitors over 198 pounds than female. Really? Yep. That's surprising. Do you think the highest total... Is male still? Yep. You gotta be careful with those claims. At me. Alright, well that's misogynist trash shockers. That it is. Alright, and this week we got our not necessarily technique tip, but it's maybe a, th- a thought process tip. Yeah. It's a tip still. Yeah. Nonetheless. Maybe I, segment just a tip. Preparation tip. I, meat th- prep tip. I think this is a meat. Tip. Meat tip. Yeah, meat tip. Oh, meat tip of the week. Yeah, meat tip of the week. I like that one. I don't find any problems with that no. phrasing. Nope. So I saw today a friend of the program, Charlie Blinkley, posted on his story. I'm not going to pull it up, but the gist of it was this. He saw two meats yep. within 24 hours. His crazy ass went to North Carolina, then yeah. went back to Illinois to watch those meat and to support people, which a good coach does that. He does. And uh, good coaches do that, so... Uh, kudos, and it was good seeing Charlie again. He posted on his story that uh, he saw a lot of different issues at meets, and one being that people were kind of surprised or they were not expecting certain things at the meet itself. 
Okay. Saying with equipment, saying with the timing of the meat, saying with uh, just just different things that a meat. And you mean the equipment being used by the meat? Yeah. Okay. So like the bar, the yeah. mono, whatever. Yeah. Nothing. They weren't throwing curveballs or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like the meat prep. It was just based on their training preparation. They weren't yep. exactly training with the proper equipment. Yep. And making the point that when we are in training, when we are in meat prep, when we're preparing for a meet, we are always training with ideal circumstances. Correct. We're at our home gym. We're always comfortable at our home gym. Yeah. Ever notice if you go to a different gym, you're a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe your workouts aren't as good. I, I used to. I'm not because I've done it a lot more recently. Yeah. Especially last year when I was traveling so much. Yeah. So I'm much more comfortable doing training. But, you know, as a general statement, I, I used to not be up, up until, again, about a year ago. I was not comfortable with it. Yeah. You always feel weird at a new gym. I yeah. know. Uh, you know where I, things at? Like, yeah. The very first time I trained out of set of X-Word at 2XL, I hurt myself. So maybe that could... Could be a reason why, but um, you're, saved you. yeah, thank you, and I and I really agree with this for to for a wide variety of different reasons. One, we are always training in ideal circumstances and uh, ideal environments. Yep. The meat is not going to necessarily be that way. Nope. So the tip for me when going into a meat is. Don't let that deter you. Don't let that throw you off too much. It really shouldn't. It really shouldn't, but this is, I guess, for, more for beginners because if you – so we'll use this example. So say with you've been training with a 45-pound bar, standard yep. size, most yep. commercial gyms have it, and then you get to APF meets, and you don't know exactly what's going to happen with the equipment that you're going to use. I know – luckily, I did my seminar – where I didn't know a 65-pound bar existed, yep. I didn't know a deadlift bar existed, and I didn't know a 55-pound bench bar existed. Yep. Didn't know any of these things going to the meet. Luckily, I went to the seminar beforehand, before my first meet, mm-hmm. to understand that kind of stuff. But once I got into the meet, it, say if I didn't go to the seminar, it would have been different for me. A little bit. And that was my very first meet. Those things are going to throw you off as a beginner and maybe certain people. So say if you're 140 pounds, Matt Wall is talking to you. Yeah. If you squat with a 65-pound bar after not knowing that existed and you've been training 45-pound bar, that could throw you off a little bit. The, the thickness of the bar, because the, the, the difference in a 45 and a 65-pound bar is significant mm-hmm. as far as the thickness of the bar. Yep. Uh, I would say, like, even Lily commented on that yesterday, is, you know, she, but I think, yeah, it's, it's much. Yeah, cause she, she has trained once with a 65 pound bar. Yeah, I've never trained a 65 pound bar, if only 55. Yeah, so almost exclusively she used a 45 because we had her walking out of, of a power rack, cause there was no reason to take up the whole mono with her doing the bar. Yeah, especially, yeah, so for, for beginners, especially as you first meet, yeah. do not let that deter you, even no. if it causes you to miss a lift. If it causes you to miss a lift, that's fine, retake that lift. Yes. Because now you know what it feels like. Yeah, now you know what it feels like, and now you know the quick adjustments you have to make, and I guarantee it's not going to be a massive adjustment you're going to have to make. It's going to be very subtle. Yeah. Very subtle adjustment you have to make to do that. If you're more experienced and you're using that as a reason why you miss a lift, at that point it becomes an excuse. Yep. If you have been training, oh, if you've... That would be a great one to add to the, uh, you know, you're at a local power lift you meet. Yeah. Like, I don't know that we're going to use this. I don't yeah, know that they're yeah, going to use these yeah, bars. Yeah. Um, and I, if you're training with a 45-pound bar, you should be good for all federations. Deadlift especially. I think if you train yeah. with a stiff bar and you go to a deadlift bar, your deadlift should improve. People often complain about the slack of it. I kind of see that as not an excuse, but 
something that's easily you can manipulate that pretty easily. You can fix that. And really you can fix quick. that really quick really? and your lockout will still be strong. People yeah. are like, oh, the whip threw me off a little bit. It's like, it's not that extreme. No. But, it, and I guess it would apply more for people who are an elite, right? Because if you have an 800-pound squat, chances are you're not doing it with a 45-pound bar deck sport. More often than not, no. It's a, you're an anomaly if you we, do. We, we saw what happened to Joe Sullivan trying to do that. Yeah. That was one of my favorite powerlifting I'm, videos of all time. Video. That was intense. To, to, to have the... The control and the, and the core strength to still press through that bar as it was bending around you and then try to rack the damn thing, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. The advice for me, for those people going into maybe the first meet or very worried about the different equipment, is take the time, if you're passionate about support, and go to a gym that has this equipment. Now, this could mean that you have to drive 45 minutes, but Aww. if you're driving 45 minutes to compete at a powerlifting meet, you can drive 45 minutes to lift at a powerlifting meet. To prepare to compete at a powerlifting meet. And so, so say 2XL. 2XL has all that equipment, and they often open the doors to people. It's like, okay, use the equipment, come during the week, we'll give you a day pass, that kind of stuff. Surge has it too. Uh, I mean, pretty much throw a stone, powerlifting gyms have either a 55-pound bar or a 65-pound bar. Yep, I would say it. Brickhouse has it. Barbell Compound has it. Monster Garage has all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all these gyms have the ability to eliminate that excuse for you. Yeah. And also, uh, Heartbreak Kid, HBK, Sean Coplin yeah. said this to you. I loved it. And this could go for a lot of people. Yep. He said hire a person to make sure that all this stuff is taken care of for you. Yeah. As a coach, do that, but also don't be afraid to ask. Oh my gosh. Don't be afraid to ask people. Don't be afraid to go in. This is why social media is good. You have the access to a lot of really good powerlifters or just even seasoned powerlifters. And most of them do respond to you. They're not famous. They're not, they have a thousand things on their plate. It's like, oh, I can't get to you. It's not like you're emailing or uh, messaging LeBron James. Like, how do I, how, how do I shoot a free throw? It's not the same case. You ask a really good powerlifter who's competed, say, in that federation yep. or in those local meets, a question. Nine times out of ten, they will respond to you if it's a sm- if it's a good enough question. Yeah. Or it's like, how much different is it squatting with a sixty-five pound bar? Just don't try to do things blind and then bomb out of a meet and, and then claim is and, and then claim it's the equipment that's doing it. Yeah. Like, just don't don't let it deter you because the meet is going to be a different experience for you. You're your food, your your food intakes can be different. You could be coming yeah. off a way way in. It could be hotter in there. You don't have headphones in. That's like a big issue that I've uh, yeah. caught a lot of powerlifters doing. It's like they can't lift without their headphones. I'm like, okay, that's a weird one for me. Yeah. And not a lot of not everyone loves disturbed being on repeat <laughs> the entire time or system of down being on repeat. Songs. You know what? Their powerlifting meets are close to ruining system of down for me. Really? I love that band. They are really close from like, killing that band for me. Where I can't listen to the songs anymore. But again, that's that's why I I personally try to have someone there with me because I can at least have my headphones in. Yeah, and I can take them out when I go lift. Yeah, like I don't mind music going when I, you know, because there's there's always music going when you. I had Justin Bieber playing during my last deadlift. Oh, One of my friends commented on that. He's like, "Did you request a Justin Bieber song?" I'm like, "In all honesty, didn't hear a noise. That's beautiful. Didn't hear anything. I'm like, did not know Justin Bieber was playing during my last deadlift at USAPL. Yeah. But they had Rage Against the Machine in my squat. Yeah. Didn't request that, and they killed it with the song choice there. Technically, it wasn't Justin Bieber. It was DJ Khaled. It was on the one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DJ Kelly, Khaled, more shitty than Justin Bieber. So I'd rather have, just, in all honesty, rather have Justin Bieber. He's on it, so. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, and I didn't really even notice. I was kind of locked in. 
at that point. So that's a tip. Always try to mimic a meet, prepare yourself for a meet, ask questions. And when you get there and it's not exactly the same as your everyday training, don't let that deter you. Yeah. So also, here's another thing that I've been seeing, and this is kind of a new one. Please lift all your attempts or all your squats like you're competing in a meet. Do not squat high and expect to be parallel on the meet day. Don't do that. I see this all the time and it's driving me nuts. Don't do it. Did I steal something from you? No. Why? I don't want to say so many things right now. Why? But I will say, it just, I can't. All I'm going to say is, if you are the person that says, it will be there on meet day, I will see you when you bomb out. I, I think, I think Jen t- talked about it to us once. It was, it's, I, I don't understand how people squat high all the time in training and expect to and get call and they get called for depth in the competition and don't understand what happened. It will be here and here's one thing, if you keep on saying it's close, it's close, it's close, that's an issue. If all your training sessions you're close on your squat, yeah, that's so your a problem. Is that well, close to depth. Yeah, close Not to depth or as close like I think I get just below parallel. It's like, hey, let's make sure you're below parallel and at the meet on your third attempt. Let's try to see what we can get away with. So, so let me give you some some coaching advice. I'll piggyback off that uh, that I gave my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, so again, I'm toying this line right between training partner, coach, and dad. And I looked her in the eye and I said, however low you think you need to go on this first squat, go lower. You bury the first one. It's it should be something you can double or triple with minimal difficulty. Uh, that, that's how an opener should be. So there's, there's an extra tip there. We're going to get a whole bunch from the, this week. Mm-hmm. Bury the opener. It sets the tone for the rest of the squats. Yep. Gives the judges the idea that you have control of this. You're not just going out there willy-nilly. And even if the equipment is different, it's weird. You bury that first one, your confidence level is going to go through the roof. The, the equipment that is different doesn't mean anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I've just been seeing a lot recently on saying your squats are a little high. Saying your squats are a little, like, maybe just broke parallel. So it's like, let's make sure you're always breaking parallel to a point where it's not a question that maybe on your third attempt you can feed it. I'm not gonna, not gonna name them, but I will throw a little bit of shade. The person that posted from the APS state meet, they got a PR on their third squat, but they got two white lights or two red lights. I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Yep. That's not a PR. No, it's not. It's not a lift. Hate to break it to you, Hoss. (laughs) <laughs> not not a lift there. Yeah. All right, so that will do it for a technique tip of the week. We are going to go to Brickhouse. I'm going to help Spots Bane's big ass on his. It's a lot of ass there. Uh, squat openers, right? So we're doing. Yep, squat, squat opener. So working up to a, a number. I'm not going to throw that out there in case any of my opponents are uh, are listening to the podcast. All right, great. They'll find out soon enough. They will. At weigh-ins. Now I want to get your take on this, and we're going to wrap up the show this way. Yep. What's uh What's going on with your company, Bang? Oh, that's a good question, man. They, uh, they're in some trouble, it sounds like. They're in some trouble. Now, I was on uh, Garrett Fears Live. Yeah. And they were talking about energy drinks. Yeah. And they broke this to me because I didn't know that. Uh, they're not adding, what what was it, branched amino acids or something, or they're underselling it? Uh, they're, they're overstating the amount of BCAAs, creatine, and CoQ10. Which is surprising because I thought to this point they were just a shitty caffeine drink. They, they've been promoting those things, the super creatine, all that. 
I saw Super Creatine on the thing, and I did not I don't get what that was. Any of that? Yeah, I do not give. A, I just I like the taste of them. That's it. Yeah, I, I was like the caffeine, and I'm good. Yeah, I was I was unaware. That's what I think posted on the the live thing. I'm like I was unaware that they put anything aside from caffeine in their drinks. I guess that yeah. I guess that won't stop me or well, supposedly there are help me things. from buying them unless it's cheaper. If it's cheaper. Yeah. Then I'll probably they're, buy some a little. They're not expensive. They're the like pr- the price point is roughly the same as three dollars. Like three dollars. Yeah. Two bucks. At least at export. Yeah. Two bucks to other places. Which I might get one tonight because I'm low on caffeine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just want to get your take on that because a lot of uh, people people love Bang, and I post that meme of things you see a powerlifting meme. So I forgot to put Bang and Monster Energy on there because Bang did. is becoming a little bit more. But you got my, my Sour Patch Kids in there, so I appreciate. I did. That. Oh, your Sour Patch Kids, Wanda Sour so Patch many, Kids, so everyone Sour Patch Kids. Somebody but, commented like, "I never understood the Sour Patch Kids," and I'm like, "I feel ya." Don't get why that specific candy, that specific one, yeah. is at powerlifting meets. Why isn't chocolate there? Why isn't Twizzlers there? Why isn't, uh, actually Jamal Browner, uh, yeah. world, sooner, I think he's gonna be world record deadlifter eventually. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pulling, getting close to a thousand pound deadlift. Uh, he has Skittles, which I've seen a little bit more of that. Why is it just Sour Patch Kids? Why is it no other candy? That's a great question. That's that's I, what I, I wanted because I'm like I never. I've kind of just fallen in line with that. Yeah. Um, I do like chocolate to the extent that it is delicious. My preference would be like Cadbury eggs, and but you can't Cadbury eggs. Cadbury cream eggs. I love. Cadbury oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Those are very good. And, but you can't get them to be around. And yeah. so I know any market I go to, any time of year, I can get sour patch kids. There's other stuff too, Skittles, but Skittles for me. Leave too much grit in my teeth. I don't like that. I don't get that with well, sour patch. Well, sour patch kids destroys my taste buds if I have too many of them. I can't that, taste things for like a and, week. And that also helps me regulate how many I'm going to eat because I get the same thing where I get like almost like a numbness in my mouth. So I know to stop. Yeah, I don't know. Powerlifters just seem like We're weird. very large children because when you go to a meet, that's the foods you do see is oh yeah, I, like a like a teenage gamer like energy drinks, sour patch kids. Fucking donuts. Yep. Um, maybe pizza. I need ways to know I can eat donuts. Oh, uh, you're yeah, you're amazing donuts. Then I'm, I'm, I'm walking into Wayans this year with a egg McMuffin and or a breakfast burrito. Yeah, you got to you got to wait to gain there because I can. Yeah, you can do that. Um, that's kind of like a boxing gimmick that they do occasionally, like yep. uh, eat Ben and Jerry's on the thing, show that they're not uh, cutting weight at all for them. Yep. But yeah, I. Uh, yeah, so Bang Energy, I know that maybe you would have a take on that because a lot of powerlifters, people into fitness, have been up in arms about well, the, Bang the, not the putting in crash amino acids. The CEO is also making a lot of claims about them, supposedly. Okay. I, I cannot validate any of it because I've not dug into it too much because, to be honest, I don't freaking care. Yeah. Uh, I just like the taste of the stuff. But, yeah, supposedly you said, like, it can yeah, the, the ta- cancer, I will... it can do all types oh, of Oh, great. Another thing that causes cancer. Yeah, right. Cancer. So that it can cure it. Oh, can cure it? Yeah, supposedly. Well, you got that going for it. Yeah. Hey, is there any proof that says it can't cure cancer? Not that I can see. How many times have you... <laughs> do you have a shred of proof? Is there any independent yeah. is there any? Is there any any evidence that it doesn't cure cancer? That's what, If I was a CEO, I would spin zone that pretty quickly. Yeah. So Be like, hey, there's no proof that says it doesn't. I drink bang, and then don't course, have cancer, and boom. And of course, he supports 45, and people lose their mind over that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was the only time I was in support of bang and their supplements is when I was defending them, just because a prominent female powerlifter with a 398 or 380 Wilkes 
refuse to buy their shitty caffeine drinks. Let's stay off of that. I would have probably been a more supportive. He's like, I'm not buying Banged because it kind of sucks and it's not that good. I'd be like, all right, all right. sweet. Actually, the taste isn't bad though. Also, I will say also that for about any strength equipment. Yeah. St. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's making a fucking dent yes. in their sales. Mega. Douchebag. <laughs> All right, so on that note, that's going to do it for Two White Lights. I'll see you next week, correct? You, you will see me next I week. I will see you. We, yeah, we leave uh, We leave a week from Wednesday. We'll have a topic for you guys. We haven't done that in two weeks. I'm yeah. very excited about that. Hopefully we got a good one going. We had a lot in the repertoire, so we're going to probably... Toss one out there. Yeah, get the arsenal loose on you people. Yep. You all people, right. Between you people. I mean, all you people. Oh, mark on. Yep. And if anybody happens to be around Myrtle Beach, uh, you know, not this coming weekend, but the following, come find us. Uh, it's going to be a fun meet. It is, and it's going to be in Myrtle Beach. Just fly out there. Screw it. What do you have to do? Yeah. What do you, what do you guys have to do? I, I'm not going to lie. I talked to one of my old coworkers. He lives in Austin now. He probably is flying in. Yeah. Fuck. It's just Myrtle Beach, man. A weekend? Redneck Riviera. Come, come. Yeah. Through. Do it, man. Have a, have a margarita or something. Yeah. Uh, enjoy some uh, fried foods. Fried foods, fish, and right? Green. Big on fish. Oh yeah, Myrtle Beach. Oh, yeah. Tons of seafood. I will be drinking plenty of scotch. I'm very excited. Check us out on iTunes. Leave a review, five star rating, and Iron Authority as well. Yep. Follow link in bio. I'm you famous can, you now. Can do that now. I'm famous now. I'll have my list of demands next week for being 10k followers. I haven't done it, Good. but I got some demands for all you people following me because you're now my fan. You are. You are not a follower. You are a fan. Can, can we just can we put it out there? Who got you over 10K the first time? Your wife. She did. And the I immediately got 800 followers after that. Yeah. You, you did. <laughs> immediately. I have, I have the screenshots that show. Yeah. 9999. Which is another thing. It's like, why weren't you following me in the first place? Whatever. I guess we have beef now, but. No, because the Bain family supports you. All of us follow you. <laughs> I know. I was giving her a hard time, but yes, and I have my demands. I have my demands for being at 10K because yeah. I am now a legitimate human being. You are. I might as well just quit my job. I'm, I'm still. I'm actually going to quit my job. Are you? Yeah, for sure. Just do it. Yeah. I'm at 10K, right? Why not? I heard followers a new currency. We don't, we don't gotta live like this no more. Yeah. Followers a new currency, so. Yeah. If all of you guys just donate a dollar to me. A month? If you, if you oh yeah, up, oh yeah, a month if, will be if great. If you set up a Patreon page where people just donate a dollar a month to you. Yeah. And you got 50% of your followers. Seriously, what can you guys, yeah, if, what can you guys lose just donating a dollar to me in general? It'll solve a lot of problems for me right now. It would. So just give me a dollar, like 10,000 of you, and I'll be good. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just hang out for a little bit. You know how much, much cooler content we could have? I'm probably not going to spend it on that, but sure. No, you have time. You have the time yeah. to develop. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I so guess. Instead of me, so instead of me I guess I could travel text. more if you guys just give me $10,000. Instead of me having time to text, it'd be you. Yeah, very good. Which is funny because I have so little responsibility. Yeah. And I still, I'm just a dick. I think that's why I don't text people. Okay. All right, this closing has gone on long enough. <laughs> yes. I'm the co-host, formerly known as Enzo. With me is... Bane316. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces.